0: And so Dr. Hodkinson, you have an extensive uh, resume uh, in the medical field and I wonder if you could tell our viewers who may not know you tuning in for the first time I can't I can't see who doesn't know Dr. Hodkinson in Canada now uh, but uh, would you tell us a bit about your your history and what gives you the ability to speak with great knowledge on these things that impact us regarding the vaccines and what's happening in Canada?
1: Well, briefly, without wishing to seem pompous, um, I've got a fairly substantial CV, bio. Um, I'm a graduate of Cambridge University in the UK. I came to Canada in 1970, when it was a very different country than it is today. I trained in pathology in Vancouver and uh, spent a good part of my career as a day pathologist, um, becoming an assistant professor at the university here, University of Alberta, um, being chairman of a Royal College of Physicians and Surgeons uh, committee in Ottawa, setting the annual examination for, for pathology residents. I've been the president of the Provincial Association of, of Pathologists. Um, I've been a laboratory inspector. I've run big labs um, catering to the needs of testing, outpatient testing. Um, I'm also the chairman of an American biotechnology company, uh, currently very active in uh, an innovative um, uh, commercialization of DNA sequencing, which is quite pertinent to the diagnostic tests that have been attempted to to be (laughs) utilized um, for the diagnosis of COVID. Um, I think that's enough. I've done other stuff, but um, that, that should do the trick.
0: Amazing. That's <laughs> a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. So we're having evidence that's coming out uh, almost every single day. People like Naomi Wolf, we have a clip that we're going to air later today, I think from her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, people are reporting and you are following very closely Uh, these reports on the increased harms, what we're learning about the vaccine harms? What are some things that are uh, alarming you coming across your desk?
1: Well, in in summary, and we could talk about each of these in detail if you wish, um, Laura, if time permits. But um, of course, there's the new things that are happening is um, very serious concern about um, fertility, and potentially even sterility of um, women who've received um, the shot, the clot shot. Um, There's concern about an increase in cancer rates um, because of the immune suppression that the clot shot is causing. Um, But one of the the big pieces of news over the last uh, couple of days has been um, a... um, a, a substack by a gentleman called uh, Peter uh, Halligan. Peter Halligan has been looking, uh, he, he's a most experienced analyst ex in uh, financial industry, extremely used to looking at statistics and um, translating them into a summary statement. And this is the summary statement, and I hope your leaders are, are sitting down holding themselves because what I'm going to tell you intuitively sounds ridiculous. That's why it's so incredibly important that I say this. These numbers are best estimates at this point in time using government data for the global consequences of the clock shot in terms of death and morbidity, otherwise known as serious adverse events, such as heart attack strokes, pulmonary, pulmonary emboli, etc. We've been focusing, for good reason, on North American statistics during the last two and a half years, but this man has extrapolated that into the total effect, negative effect, of the clot shot, and these are the numbers. Deaths, global deaths, directly attributable to the vaccine, 20 20 million deaths due to the clot shot, and 2 billion, big B, 2 billion serious adverse reactions of the type I described. Now, these numbers are beyond staggering. They, to, to contrast that with history, um, vaccines have typically been pulled from the market when the last one, the, the birth of vaccine was pulled with only 35, three five deaths. I hope people can appreciate the scale of what is going on here an unimaginable carnage, which isn't over, because that number, first of all, is the current estimate. It does not include future deaths of a similar type, which will be cumulative on top of that. It does not include stillbirths. It does not include those avoidable deaths due to having had a one disease healthcare system for two and a half years with people not being treated or investigated for cancer or treated for for cancer, for example. Those numbers are not included. The numbers from the lockdowns, the suicides, are not included. And also not included are the future deaths that we're anticipating from a rapid increase in the rate of cancer uh, presentations and uh, fatal infections because of immune suppression induced by the clot shot those factors are in addition to those jaw-dropping numbers that I just mentioned. So this is my global take on all of this, Laura Lynn, and it's this. When those numbers start getting out there courtesy of shows like yours, which is so important because these numbers are not being reported by the mainstream media, when those numbers start percolating through to the large number of people who now will realize the scale of what's happened and how they've been lied to and forced to buy with these ridiculous interventions for two and a half lost years of their lives, I'm predicting that when that real life will create a tale of revulsion in the general voting population that we cannot currently imagine. That, unfortunately, I'm labeling as a good thing because people must now use this kind of information to stand their ground and vote appropriately for a new future, depending upon where you live, that is defined as traditional democratic principles. In Alberta, we expect that to be created through an independent republic of Alberta. Other places on earth may well have different methods of achieving that degree of control. But only by doing that will we prevent this from happening again and bring under control the various bodies that have facilitated it, such as the media, the church, the colleges of physicians, the the courts, the police, etc all acting together to bury the evidence and we're seeing just the last couple of days again again um the the lengths we have to go to to use a crowbar to get information out of the agencies that are responsible for all of this the fda was finally forced to release its own data showing that In the first three months of their own trial, 1,200 people died directly due to the vaccine. Data that was hidden from the general public by the FDA, and they were forced to reveal it by a court order. In the last couple of days, there's been an, an immense trove of data that similarly has been extracted from the CDC this time, again under court order. And there's so much data in there that it's premature to talk about what will be uncovered as likely as not it will be exactly like we saw with the FDA uh, a massive cover-up of unavoidable uh, avoidable deaths um, caused by the clot shot so things are moving in the right direction they're moving at this you know like you know molasses uh, on a winter day um, it's 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 glacial speed with which this data is being revealed.
0: Right. And I I mean, it should be coming out faster, but it's just all seeming it's so subverted. It's hard for me to understand how doctors uh, that are practicing right now actually don't know. You know, I had one doctor I've told my audience, but not you, but one doctor that called me back after he knew that I was not going to be getting my booster. Or any of the vaccines, and he wanted to talk to me uh, as a favor to me to help me with my delusion. And so, as soon as I started throwing out the facts that I have that I know about every day, and I had a report in front of me, and I started reading out the facts, well, he didn't. He didn't want to keep talking. But it's shocking to me that doctors do not know this. But but persons such as yourself, real doctors that are awakened, that seem to be getting this information or willing to look at it um, are, are helping to get this information out on broadcasts like myself. But, but for the general population, who's just listening to CBC or global on their way home from work, they have no idea.
1: No, the population's being kept kept, um, intentionally ignorant of this, type of information for two and a half years, but the dam is breaking. And as I said, the opportunity that this now creates to redefine democracy along the traditional lines that we're so familiar with, but which have been lost, tradition, family, religion, hard work, entrepreneurship, not relying upon the state to be your nanny. Um, The scale of that opportunity, Laura I'm likening to Magna Carta, and in the current parlance, you might call it Magna Carta 2.0. That scale of opportunity, this unexpected opportunity that we, na- we now have, not the great, we, we, the game is turned on the great resetters. They thought they had us on the run. Well, we now have their number, we know their objectives. It's now up to us to take advantage of our unexpected opportunity. Sad with 20 million people having died to take that opportunity. But we now to take, we must now take that opportunity to totally defeat the great resetters and to redefine democracy along traditional lines. It's ours for the taking. And Alberta will probably be the first jurisdiction internationally to do that.
0: And, and I think that that's fantastic. It makes you almost want to move to Alberta. Um, but, uh, the other thing that you're seeing is these cancers. Um, so I'm hearing in my personal circles of a lot of cancer. Uh, my friend, my very good friend's husband has just died of a cancer that had literally been in remission about a year ago. Um, uh, he got his shots and I think the third one even, and, um, he's dead. Um, and, uh, there's a doctor I want to put up on the, uh, the screen beside us and basically Uh, this gentleman is, um, oh, it's not sharing. Oh, okay. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's all we need. But this, this article in the Atlantic says, did a famous doctor's COVID shot make his cancer worse? And he's been a lifelong promoter of vaccines. He is not an anti-vaccine guy, uh, suspects he might be the rare, unfortunate exception. And uh, it goes on to say that uh, he's a Belgian immunologist and one of Europe's best-known champions of medical research. He walked into a clinic near his house, rolled up his sleeve, and had a booster shot delivered to his arm. He knew he'd need it more than most. Just a few weeks earlier, Michael, 67, had been to see his younger brother, uh, the head of the nuclear medicine at the hospital of the university, uh, Libre de... Bruxelles. I'm not, I'm not sure I'm saying that right. Brielle? Bruvel. Bruvel. We're, okay. We're both uh, men. Uh, we're both men are professors. So the thing of it is, though, that when the images came up, they did some images of his lymph nodes, and um, they revealed a smattering of inky spots and uh, they bunched near Michelle's left armpit running up along his neck, and it was the cancer of the immune system lymphoma. Um, In from what I know from what this article says, they could actually see it. They saw these little spots um, in his left side when he had taken the shot on his left side in the lymph nodes. Then when he had his shot in the right side, then they saw these spots on the right side in the lymph nodes, and uh, we are hearing reports. Dell Big Tree uh, doing his broadcast, basically outlining that cancer seems to be on an epic, you know, growth. And perhaps, I mean, this is one of the ways that that we're seeing the harms from the vaccine is coming out.
1: Yes, um, Laurel, and there, there is a large amount of anecdotal reporting um, regarding the emergence of cancer in exactly the, those kinds of demographics. Any one case, of course, could be part of the sad reality of cancer. It can suddenly expand and cure quickly. Uh, in this particular case, I agree, it's very suspicious that it could well be the progress, the, the aggressiveness could be due to the, the vaccine. What, what I'd like people to realize is that your immune system that has been severely compromised by the clot shot, and perhaps permanently, the immune system's main function in life is to protect you from, to kill things that are not you. Bugs are not you. We think of the immune system as being the, the defense against infection, which it is, brilliantly. But by the same token, cancer is not you. And we are all, we believe, we are all developing small cancers all the time because the replication of cells uh, isn't perfect. Mistakes are made to produce genes that cause the cancer. The immune system's other major function to patrol every recess of your body Second day for 85 years plus minus to kill off those very small early cancers so that they don't develop into a big lump that will kill you. So it should come as no surprise that if you're messing around to this degree with such a perfect system of the immune system and causing what we call an immunodeficiency state a state in which the immunity of the body is generally suppressed that we will not just see the emergence of unusual infections and aggressive infections but also the emergence of cancer at an increased rate now given given the significance of that given the anecdotal evidence and given the plausibility of it from what we call a pathophysiologic perspective that means a mechanism of action Given what we know, don't you think that it should be a very high priority of governments internationally to track this and relate relay that to the public about whether or not this this um, freak increased frequency of of cancer developing declaring itself is real or not? I might say in the vernacular, do you think? Like, do you think <laughs> it's so glaringly obvious?
0: Yeah.
1: And they're not doing. They're not doing it. And from that, you have to draw your own conclusions. It's like everything else over the last two years. They put, they want to put their head in the sand and hope it goes away. Well, that's not exactly a role that we would have expected from responsible government. This should have. First of all, this should never have been released to the general public anyway. It wasn't needed. It wasn't tested. It didn't work, et cetera, et cetera. It, it, it should never have these tests, these, these um, assessments, research assessments, should have been done way ahead of any release to the general public to know if any of these consequences were worth worrying about. But they didn't do that. This is now the most massive experiment in human history billions of people are the lab rats for the insurance companies to figure to try to figure out what the complications are it's that magnitude of madness never happened before anywhere close on this scale
0: It's, it is extremely shocking and it's hard to understand the medical establishments. Um, Well, I don't know. I know that you don't like conspiracy theories. I know that you do not like to, um, you know, ascribe to things that we can't prove or whatever. But when you see Dr. Teresa Tam and Dr. Bonnie Henry here and in in your province, uh, what is her name? Yeah, Dr. Hinshaw, um, and all of these doctors being so insidiously stupid um, and so corrupt in denying the early treatment, and they're all in collusion. What do you make of it?
1: I don't believe that this was an international release. I'm not an anti-vaxxer, by the way. Um, Mainstream, main traditional doc take, used to take all the vaccines, so I'm not going to be doing that anymore. Um, no, th- this uh, this was an, un- in my opinion, this was an unintentional release of this mad gain-of-function research that spread internationally very quickly. Um, the reactions to it were prompted by political panic. Um, and the measures that were were proposed to handle it uh, were all known to to have failed or could be predicted to fail they did it they did it anyway i I don't believe that this is a genocide i don't believe that all these leaders of countries internationally were all primed to do the same thing on the same day because of a, a piece of paper in the top right hand drawer no i don't believe that at all what i do believe is uh, that uh, the unexpected opportunity of this pandemic was milked to the hilt by the great resetters, World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, etc., as well as uh, the Democrats in the states to um, engineer their own political object. It was done with brutal efficiency, Machiavellian efficiency, and it, and it succeeded. And I, I think the reason it succeeded, Laurelyn, is. Um, is something that um, was um, a philosophical principle that was alluded to in hundreds of years ago by a fellow called Occam. Occam, O-double-C-A-M. Occam. Occam. It's, it became known as Occam's Razor. And what Occam's Razor is all about is that when you have a complex situation influenced by a large number of variables that could explain it, the most likely explanation is the commonest, most obvious one. And I, drawing upon Ockham's razor, I think all you have to say is politi- politicians we know are not exactly the sharpest knife in the drawer. They were ignorant of the issues Trump was doing by, by Fau- Fauci. And the general operating principle for life in general with something new is don't bother me with due diligence it seems to be working because everyone else is doing it everyone else is doing it therefore it must be right and that's what these copycats these um medical officers of health um, who'd never been experienced in this type of thing before that's what they all fell for to please their political bosses because remember a political boss these days is there for one reason and one reason only. It's to protect you, joke you, public, from all the risks in the entire world, from cradle to grave, and you can trust me because I am your savior. And that's, that's what happened. Political stupidity, no due diligence, and we're faced with this massive now, massive crisis that has killed so many millions of people we forget about the ones in india and china you know conveniently been dead and buried we've just been focusing in our own backyard but this is the biggest calamity in human history it's in the same league as Mayo tung's pogroms and famines and stalin's famines it's in that scale of kill The big kill, I call it. The big kill is going on. It's going to continue. The numbers keep on piling Despite that, these clowns that are running the show, not just in the provinces of Canada, but internationally, their response is to double down, still insisting that it's safe in pregnancy. Pregnant women are the most protected class in medicine. You never, ever, ever give a pregnant woman anything that is remotely danger, a danger to her or the fetus. And yet, we're doing that now, having conveniently forgotten a single word a few decades ago, the word thalidomide. When Big Pharma released on, the, on pregnant women a drug that produced babies with no arms and legs. We haven't learned from that. They're doing, they're doing it again. So that, that's, my, that's my general take on it. John. When I was,
0: um, I wanted to ask you about this. So I'm watching uh, Tucker Carlson last night. He had Alex Berenson on, and they were talking about how the United States, once again, through Anthony Fauci, the NIH, is making a donation to uh, a large, um it's not a donation, but it's it's yeah, a grant. I, I, I
1: know, I know right. what you're talking about. Eco Health, six seven hundred thousand yes. dollars. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I despite mean, everything it, it, that's it, happened, what do you what do you make of doing something this crazy?
1: This guy who who's the recipient of the money and was getting the subcontracted work done in Wuhan. I mean how can you trust these people given the evidence to date at its consummate madness to even quite apart from the fact that it's zazzy and fauci it's gain of function and let me tell people what gain of function is so that they know what what this research the latest research france is all about gain of function is is the psychotic i just cut out for a second there it's, it's the psychotic idea that by playing around with a, in a lab with a virus that is known to be a human pathogen causes disease in humans. The psychotic idea is that by making it intentionally more dangerous, more infectious, more deadly in its, in its, in its effects, that we can then study it to better treat this virus in the future, ignoring, ignoring the reality that in the labs that are undertaking this research you have a thing called humans in there you can control the machines and your ventilation systems to virtually 100% but you cannot control people there will always be mistakes made and people will walk out with dirty shoes like it happened in wuhan in my opinion and spread this virus that's been in, made intentionally more lethal and potentially expose the whole world again to another pandemic that could make this look like a walk in the park. So gain-of-function research that Fauci has lied about twice before Congress and for which he should go to jail for, gain-of-function research is still going on. We've seen now with that uh, grant still being funded. It's probably still going on in Winnipeg. It was a few months ago. It's going on in at least 20 locations in the States. It was probably going on extensively in the Ukraine. And God knows what North Korea and China are up to in their own bioterrorism laboratories. Gain-of-function research should be stopped internationally. It's much more dangerous than nuclear proliferation.
0: Can you imagine?
1: It could be an existential threat to humanity. Let's put that on the table. Yes. Making yes. could make this look like a walk in the park.
0: And I think that's why uh, there is a series of emails that were sent late into the night between uh, Dr. Fauci and I think uh, Dazik, but basically saying uh, what they're finding, you know, is, is that you can see the gain of function, because I guess, of course, a, a lab person would know what that looks like. I wouldn't, you would, but uh, I wouldn't know what that looks like. But they're basically saying, and that's why I think it quite probably was a mistake. Like, I i mean, it'd be terrible if someone just wanted to release that on the world deliberately. And it probably was a mistake, but it was just a mistake before their time because they've used it as people like um, Harari say COVID was critical in being able to implement a lot of things uh, that they're doing. They've used it. But can you imagine the fervor when they go, oh, no, oh, no, the work we did, I think it got out on someone's shoe. And why would they not be Um, afraid that this would happen again what more do we need to know after having a global pandemic that you shouldn't be doing any more of this crazy stuff and i thought obama put a stop to it and in spite of obama putting a stop to it uh it was still done (laughs) under anthony fauci this guy needs to go
1: well he should be locked up and in in years gone by i would have been executed Um, that's what you do to people who kill 20 million other people. Let's let's focus on this big number for a second here. This man, Fauci, caught with his pants down, was the first man on earth to realize what was happening. But he has killed 20 million people. Let that sink in for a minute. Jail is too good for someone like that.
0: It really, it really, really is. And uh, that is a a very shocking number of people um, looking over that that information. I mean, if that is true, and uh, the various reports seem to be useless these days, Dr. Hodkinson, because they're they're no longer reporting the deaths you're hearing about more deaths in undercover media, you know people saying, "My uncle just died or you see videos of people, sudden adult death syndrome happening, but the VAERS reports seem to be not reporting it anymore. I think they're they're trying to hide everything.
1: When a new product like this is introduced into general circulation, billions of people untested in terms of its consequences beyond trivial experiments in rats. It should have been the government's duty, FCDC, FDA's duty, underlined in neon, to subject that product to the most rigorous testing imaginable before it was released. That did not happen. It, it was released under the guise of this being a public health emergency, which it never was close to being no worse in in the grand scheme of things than a bad seasonal flu that's what happens when you give government unfettered right to act in that way now i'm not proposing any um, violence or armed insurrection here because i think it would fail Um, and it's the wrong approach we need to work within existing institutions such as they are and the main one of course is the ballot box or referenda such as we're proposing in alberta to short circuit the alternative routes to rectify things which is known as the courts the courts are not going to be our friend they're going to be siding with government frequently as they've done so far um so The general public has to take matters into their own hands here. And as I've said repeatedly, this is a time for civil disobedience. It's a time to get educated. It's a time to understand the gravity of what's happened, the scale of what's happened. And to use the ballot box or referenda as the way of changing the political landscape to return to those traditional values and to take control of the governance the governance of these institutions which is really where the problem started particularly the governance of universities which have created um, generations of students coming out of the tube uh, committed to what we now call wokeism Um, taking control of governance of the universities of the police of the courts of of physicians colleges of physicians and surgeons taking control of governance is the only way to rapidly reverse this trend we will not we will not do it by being nice and as i've said publicly at least in canada uh, that unique canadian disease the terminal niceness syndrome has to be parked at the door people have must stand up and be counted no matter what the consequences are to them personally because the future of our children This dystopian future, which is so glaringly obvious. is coming. It's there in Europe. For our children, it's up to the parents to stand up and take whatever whatever happens to exercise change of a revolutionary nature, which is nonviolent. It's for everyone to stand up. There are more of us than them. And I I hearken, I hearken to my favorite movie of all time, children's movie called Bug's Life. And in Bug's Life, Flick, Flick, the failed inventor who's always getting into trouble and is in love with the princess. Um, at one magical moment, he takes on the grasshoppers who are there to raid the fruit, the food granary. And Flick looks at them, the the grasshoppers straight in the eye. And he says, you're afraid of us, aren't you? And he takes one step forward, and the grasshoppers fly away. Yes, there are more of us than them. Once people get educated, which is the critical thing now, then the future a very different, glorious future is there for our, for our taking. Magna Carta 2.0. That's the scale of opportunity here.
0: That is that is very good news and uh, and a great way to end this. Uh, thank you, Dr. Hodkinson, so much. Um, please come back and we'll discuss uh, more of what's going on in the world. I, I think you're leaving us at a place of hope that if we all do stand up, um, it's funny that it's a grasshopper because there is a biblical portion um, where it talks about uh, grasshoppers. And it, it's basically when uh, the, the Israelites were being come against, but the other people saw them as powerful, but they saw themselves as grasshoppers. It was with Joshua. And when they saw themselves as grasshoppers in the face of uh, the big battle, then they couldn't see that they were actually powerful. but all of the other people said that they were uh, later on someone told them, we we were melting with fear because of you. They saw themselves as grasshoppers, but they were melt but the others were melting with fear because of how they saw that the Israelites were having victory after victory after victory. And uh, we have to just not give up. And we have to know that if we stand together, there is hope in doing so. And uh, the the battle is epic. But with, with folks like you on our side, it really is comforting. And I've appreciated all that you've shared across the country as you've gone on the tours and as you have encouraged Canadians to stand, but you've given them the information they needed to do so. So we appreciate you, Dr. Hodkinson, very much.
1: There's hope out there.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, sir. Take care. Thank you. All right.